Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 154 of the Pico Serenity Podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Namali. Hello. And uh, this week, we may be finally have the final episode on the season two fixes. Um, I'm not going to lie, when they announced that they were making changes, I did not expect to be talking about them this much. But I also didn't expect the slate of fixes that they came out with to be such ass. So... <laughs> what? They're good! Every every affix is great. I will, I will hold to that. So. Yeah, you're just... No. Um, <laughs> anyway, but before we get into that, Adnam, how did your raid week go? Uh, it went surprisingly well. Uh, we got our one night clear. I was actually just looking up just to make sure I wasn't lying. Uh, we got a one night clear. Did have, you know, our typical, we'll say Razagath struggles. Um, mm-hmm. wiped Razagath probably like 10 times, I want to say. Um, I lied. We actually wiped. Oh yeah, we wiped exactly 10 times. I nailed it. Um, and, uh, and, um, and yeah, it was, it wasn't a bad raid night. Super clean. Um, Razagath is always a good time. Got a couple people, a couple new people, their kills. Um, got zero loot. So yeah, it was uh it was a great week. Still, like we I'm pretty sure that whatever token monk is on, we have seen one from Razgath in our like five or six kills. However, our literal war whatever the warlock token is, they are re-rolling for tertiaries at this point on every token. Oh yeah, most so stupid. Most of our tokens are going for tertiaries at this point, except for the ones that like people re-rolled. Um, uh-huh. Like we have a one of our healers we rolled from Evoker to Resto Druid, and so they're collecting mythic tokens now. Um, gotcha. But gotcha. pretty much everything else is going for for tertiaries. Um, Razageth tokens, I guess, still aren't unless there's like one that consistently goes for tertiaries. Uh, because people just got it from their vault, right? Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Other than that, it was pretty forgettable. Clear, we'll say. Um, at least in terms of like stuff we got, and, like the way it went. So, um, yeah, Razgath not getting it easier, which is which isn't too bad. But like every other boss, like one shot, which is cool. Nice. Um, it's the type of raid that I feel like I enjoy. Um, I think it's I think really our- nice on Reclear. Yeah, I think our Kurag kill was like our lowest P3 percentage. We got it like, I think we were in the teens, honestly, um, when we pushed. So um. Yeah. Well, speaking of Kurag, so we we also won that cleared this week, which is nice because mm-hmm. we didn't last week. We didn't get the Thea and we didn't go back. So we technically only raided one night last week, but we did not go back to nice, get nice. the Thea. Um, but we won that cleared this week with uh, like an hour to spare. Very nice. But we also, while doing that, tried a few new things. Um, okay. We uh, did the one intermission Karag strat. So oh. we killed him uh, in five minutes, 18 seconds, which is, I don't know what that works out to in terms of like rankings, but it's like, do you, do you have the like five-ish minute kills and then you have the seven minute kills because it's just that's how long the intermission is uh but that was fun we did that while for four healing which is uh becoming more common i guess but it's not that common uh so that's cool 
we talked we talked about four healing going into it. it it was the last boss we killed in the night and i think we just wanted to be done <laughs> so just yeah. like five heal do the normal stuff and we'll go forward we um had somebody that was this basically like stepping down from raining for irl reasons that uh progged most of the tier with us and basically everything but Razageth. Yeah. and we got them their ce on friday but they weren't going to be on until an hour into our raid so we couldn't just do like aranog brewkeeper Razageth, right gotcha so we did the kurog wing first so we just went over there and just like tried to do this thing on kurog until uh until they were online uh and we got it and it was cool uh, and we like nice. we four healed Diurna instead of five healing. Uh, we didn't change anything on Razageth this week, which is good because we changed a ton last week. But yeah, gotcha. like it was just on the whole like a pretty good night. We the only bosses we wiped to are Kurag, Razageth, and Dathea. And if we had not been trying to do the thing on Kurag, we would have not wiped on it. Yeah, one shot. Yeah, yeah. We actually won. I think we one shot Dathea this week. So nice. Yeah, yeah that boss is no longer. I think our like our we're getting a little bit better. We had a terrible Sonarth though. Oh like, yeah, we, we did too a, actually. We had um what happened? Oh yeah, we we pulled with lost the debuff from oh, trash. Nice, didn't nice. reset. Lost three people to the first pull in because we were all yelling about the fact that we still had the lost debuff. <laughs> uh, ended up losing at least one or two people each platform on the way up. So like basically nice. final phase was like fifteen people and. Like yeah, somehow still kill. That's it, actually yeah. about what ours is. I just pulled it up. Uh, so we lost one person immediately on pull to the the you know the puddles underneath the spider. Yeah. Um, another person to the first bridge. Two more people actually to the first bridge. We lost a tank to oh, nice. uh to getting pulled off, and then uh so we rezzed them, and we just lost a couple more people to the uh to the transition into the last phase and then yeah. you know killed the boss god yeah it's nice that you can still do that like that's such a it's yeah. such a change from like last like s shadowlands um bosses where like you lose like three people even like a month into farm and it's like well might as well wipe it up we're not doing this so. yeah yeah it definitely like there is like one boss in sanctum that you could do that on right like you could do that on i mean aside from like the first two right yeah um you could do that on What's his name? Soul Render. Soul Render, you could just have a ton of people die and still do. Yeah. That's true. Uh, that's true. But that's like it. Cause like Guardian, you would run into issues with not having the people like your immunes would die, and then you wouldn't be able to do the soaks. And so yeah. then the boss would just instantly push and then you would die. Uh Fate Scribe was a complete mess. And yeah. KT Kalthazad, fall behind. you would you just, just like behind. it wasn't even that you would fall behind necessarily, it's that your damage distribution would get out of whack. That's true, yeah. And then one side would be too too fast for the other one, and you would just die. It's not that you didn't have enough. It's that it was, like, unequal. And yeah. Yeah, that fight sucked. Let's never do that again. No, fair enough. But, yeah, no, yeah, it was good. It seems like a good raid week for both of us. So sort of uh, crushed it out in that sort of getting comfortable with farm phase, we'll say. Um, just in time to do something new. And, like, what? We only have, like, two more clears, right? Three more clears, maybe? So Yeah, uh, that's a, actually a question uh are you guys planning to raid the like dead week of 10.1 uh you know? yeah we typically do so i, I would assume okay. we still go in 
Um, maybe not on Tuesday. Maybe just do a, a third, like a Thursday raid, like our second day raid. But um, but yeah, no, we'll go. We'll go in just to test everything out and then get ready for for next week. The next week, so yeah, I don't know if we are or not. I haven't asked about that. I kind of want to just be like, we're not raiding that week. Yeah. Uh, in part because even though we are raiding on Friday, right? They've had a really bad track record with just like week one. Yeah. Server everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll we'll see. But we've we've always generally rated like the that week anyway. Um. So. Um. But yeah, no, we'll uh, we'll see. Yeah, we only what it's May second, right? New patch comes out, so it's only yeah. It's two, two more weeks clears. Away. I just then, had to look yeah, that up. Yeah. Yeah. Two more clears, it's, and then it's then it's that patch week. So. Yep. Gosh, I have to play the game again. Man. So we have we have three resets left basically of this, and then it's on to the next tier. Nice. Man, it Figure is out what, crazy how what our healing comp is. Literally every one of our evokers has been like, I don't want to play evoker next year. Like, Shocker. Oh Shocker. That's what Let's ours figure did. this out. Yeah. Like I I uh wonder what the evoker healing population is going to look like in the next season. Uh, yeah. that's going to be uh something that you know we'll have to come back to after uh after you get deeper into next season nice uh nice but yeah so that's raid for the week uh we have a relatively light raid week there or light news week there were a couple of miscellaneous things uh more changes uh, across the board, basically, to Mythic Plus affixes. There's a bunch of changes there. Yep. And then some raid news. There was more raid testing and some stuff about loot and item levels in the raid. Yeah, uh, so Blue... You want to start with the raid stuff? Yeah, let's start with the raid stuff. So, yeah, Blizzard did drop a post uh, going over uh, a bunch of around just tier set acquisition for season two, but then included in that was discussion on or a section on the void touched curio, which is the Omni token item that drops from the scale commander Saka Sakareth. Sak is that you say that? Sarkareth. Sarkareth. Um so yes, this is a new Omni token they've talked about. Um basically it will drop from the final boss of the raid. And it's essentially anyone can loot it. So any it's not a class specific item, so anyone can loot it. Um, and then you can trade it for any tier item you want. So it sort of just allows you to plug those holes where you see fit. Um, and the items that you can get will drop at their appropriate item level, meaning that like if you're picking up, like I think, a helm um, from, a myth, from a mythic uh, Omni token, it'll be a 447 helm that you get to grab from the boss. Won't be the max item level, won't be the min, because helms drop sort of in the middle from a tier point of view. Um so yeah so they that's basically all they talked about was like how it converts and like how it'll drop um they didn't really talk much about how many will drop or if one will always drop um we know that there's always one that was so we know gotcha sorry that was like we know that there's always tokens we don't know like if it's tokens plural or if it's one token if it's like we assume it follows the same group loot rules, but that's just assuming, right? We don't test yeah. this boss, so nobody can go in on normal and just like kill the boss and see what drops, right? Exactly. Um, one of the things exactly. from this week is we have the vendor um, that has all the different items on it 
one of the other questions actually that people had about this is is it going to be like end of raid max eye level tier because then that would give it kind of persistent value after you completed your tier set and the answer is no the items that the vendor has are at the appropriate item level for where they are in the raid so um for example uh the heroic glove slot uh the gloves and legs drop from mid-tier bosses and those have eye level 431 so even though your curio comes from the last boss that would normally have a heroic item level of 437 when you use this token at the vendor you will get a 431 glove or leg if you need those slots so you can't use it to like get a high eye level version of that particular tier slot yep exactly um but this is a nice addition i think to the game in general it just it it continue it keeps the last boss interesting and also like just it's an additional chance at tier right yeah um, and even focused here then too so you don't have to like hope for the one boss you kill that week drops it or like you know go back into lfr normal if you're clearing heroic right to yeah just kill the one boss that drops the token you for four piece so this this should definitely help with the kind of like um streakiness of the token drops where you might get a lot of venerated tokens one week and then not get any venerated tokens for three or four weeks after that and you have people just sitting around with like three pieces waiting for that fourth one that never comes and this will help clean up those situations um the thing still that is concerning is that they haven't told us if it's going to be one item regardless of raid size because if it is that's gonna really incentivize doing just a couple of not like full-on splits but you know most ce guilds week one are going to be able to do um two groups on normal which is just doubling the number of guaranteed two tokens that you get from that and it's just like i don't want to do that really yeah granted it's a normal token um and depending on sarkareth tuning it might be possible to do that on heroic as well but i wouldn't plan on that they have uh pretty strong track record track record over the past two expansions of or shadowlands in this expansion of the heroic end bosses not being a complete pushover week one yeah exactly yeah so i don't know it's gonna be i'm i'm hoping it just follows the same rules as the regular tokens yeah yeah well yeah i mean we you would hope and then it will but we'll see. Blizzard has done some, mm-hmm. some crazy stuff in the past, so we'll um, see. But that's on that's on sort of the the token area. Um, the next up is you know, along with this, um, the they put out the sort of the full like I'll say like item level charts, which we may have covered before. But basically, there'll be um, four levels across each difficulty from an item level perspective, with basically each jump jumping up three item level so like on mythic for example you'll start with the early bosses at 441 and then you'll jump up to 444 for the fourth through or fourth and fifth boss 447 for the sixth and seventh boss and then 450 finally for your final two um so sort of a an increase as you go through the raid of stronger items um coming up um i i don't know how you feel about this i don't I am starting to not enjoy the multiple steps in a raid. 
Um, really? Yeah, and and my my main issue with it is, and I don't know if this is the case this raid, but I know it was the case with certain items in the last raid where it has to do with the cat, like the catalyst plus tier and items like non-set items, say a glove dropping at a higher item level later on in the tier versus your set piece gloves, which generally means that like if you're min maxing, like you of course take the set piece early, but then like those final gloves are just catalyst gloves, right? That's generally all they're going to be used for. Well, is, most of them, most like I guess it depends on what boss they drop from, right? A lot of them are going to be worse. A lot of the rate, like half the raids items, are worse than Mythic Plus Vault items. And so by the end of the season, you're taking you know random items from the vault that you just take to the catalyst and you just drop in there. Like right now, it's four twenty one eye level from the uh, Mythic Plus row, right? If you're doing twenties, yeah. and so that's better than everything uh or equal to at least everything up until you hit broodkeeper diurna at which point it turns into 424 gear and raid so you kind of end up with the same thing um except coming from mythic plus instead of from raid or the mythic plus vault which is a little bit more limited than raid loot but yeah but i guess my point is that it's just it's sort of i don't know it kind of feels sort of counterintuitive to have like it's the same idea like i don't know i maybe i'm maybe i'm sort of stretching here so with this, but i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up something and i'm gonna show you why i am a fan of this um and okay uh i'm gonna i'm gonna be nice to video people i'm gonna switch it to dark mode <laughs> you're welcome um switching it to dark mode okay so uh, here is the item levels for my raid team uh, throughout progression this tier. So we started off, this is the first boss one is very unusual. First two boss ones because are unusual because of how low we start being the first tier. So like we started at eye level 391, but that's not realistic compared to like how we'll start next tier. Right. Um, we killed Aeronog at 391. We killed... Primal Council at 398, and we killed Terrace at 405. And that covers, like, base, like the first couple of weeks of, of raid. Um, we started Terrace, like, the the same time we killed Primal Council. So, like, um, we were realistically around 404 at the time, like, second week of the raid. Um, but then if you look at our raid eye level as we progress through this, um, we go from 404 when we kill Sun Arthur, 408. When we killed Kurog, we're 4.10, almost 4.11. When we killed Dathea, uh, which was a short boss for us, we were only 4.12. Only t- one eye level up, basically. Uh, but then when we get to Diurna, and we kill Diurna, we're eye level 4.14. And then when we kill Razageth, we're eye level 4.17. So like over the course of the last half of the raid, basically, we go up uh, seven eye levels. Um in the last four actually more than that because we started Kurag at 407 so we went up 10 eye levels um in the last half of the raid and you could make an argument that that's not like something that is only due to the uh loot structure but if you look at uh sepulcher um 
we basically didn't go up in eye level. Like we hit Holandris when we killed Holandris, we gained half an eye level from there to when we killed the jailer. And yeah. that's just a completely different thing. And then like when we killed the jailer, we were basically gear capped, right? So farm was not any easier than doing the jailer on prog in terms of like numbers. Obviously we had practice at that point, so it was easier because we had practice. Uh-huh. But it was not easier in a numbers sense. Um yeah. whereas this, like we killed Razageth at 417, but our raid's like 420 something now. Yeah, and I, so I'm not I would say I'm not discounting that the jumps are good. All I'm saying is that the mini ones in between, like I'm fine if it was like two levels or like the final two bosses are the only two that dropped enhanced loot. But then you don't get this jump, like the the progression of eye levels throughout the rape tier. But again, my point, just speaking strictly about tier, it just is, it sort of sucks when like you the loot early the tier, tier token items. The tier tokens are just, are are essentially just like temporary items. Yeah. They're, they're always going to be temporary. So like from yeah. my point of view, it would have been nice. It would have been a nice change to say tier always drops at the same item level, whether that's max item level yeah, or okay. mid item level. That way, like the idea of getting like gloves late in the tier, you're either, you're not, you're not essentially always turning them into tier gloves. You might actually use them because they're, maybe better in terms of a stat distribution or something like that. It, it still does happen that you do actually use them in just as like as gloves, right? Because sometimes it is right. better stats. Like some of the brewmaster tier items were like haste mastery, which is just not good. Like it's right. Uh, again, brewmaster is just more stats is, is, is always better. So you use it over a lower item level piece and you, you're happy about it. But right. if you had the choice between a crit versus you know, 421 piece and a haste mastery 421 piece. You take the crit verse one for raid. Um, and so th there's like crit verse, I don't remember what slot it's in. Uh, there's a crit verse item that competes with a haste mastery tier item. And your ideal setup is to use the non tier version. Gotcha. Um, so it does still happen, but it, it is more, way more limited. So you definitely have a point there. It's like requires a very specific combination in order to take that because again yeah. like if those gloves or whatever side of this didn't exist you would just always convert the 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 item into a higher eye level tier right or if the yeah, tier which, didn't have awful secondaries yeah which is like sort of that was my only point is it just sort of sucks that not sucks it's just annoying that like yeah th those items i get well maybe i'm starting to talk myself out of it too because like it's it's nice that those gloves are then now useful later if only to replace tier but like at the same token it's like sucks to actually get your tier token be excited and then be like two weeks later get some gloves that you're just going to replace your old tier with because you have yeah. catalyst points so there's there's also like i mean that just kind of happens too with stuff like uh great vault tier items like i mentioned the, the like 421 situation but i also ended up um getting i think i got like uh, week one shoulder token from normal or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And then I went and I looted my vault and I had one mythic slot in my vault and it just happened to roll the Diurna sh mythic shoulders. Nice. Yeah. So I went straight to 424 tier shoulders and I wore that though. Like, it was like, well, it sucks that we gave me this tier token. Um, but I mean, I'm glad I have 424 tier for the rest of the. <laughs> 
progression. Makes it easy. Yeah. I think I pulled, I think I pulled shoulders too really early actually. Um, so similar position. Um, um, but yeah. And I mean, like that's uh, I guess quick note, cause while we're on the subject of tier acquisition and tier distribution, the math that I did in Sepulchre about how you should distribute loot to maximize tier set gains is still mostly accurate despite the move to master loot. Uh, and uh, for those that haven't been listening to the podcast for that long, uh, quick overview of what that is, is spread your tier out. And what that does is it means that your untradeable items that come from your vault are less likely to land in a slot that somebody already has. Yep. Um, because the more you pile on to a single person, the more likely they are that if they get in any tier item, it's in a slot that they already have. That only really applies to guilds like ours, where we're taking multiple weeks to, or multiple months to clear the tier. So there's plenty of great vault options, but it, it, like if you're like, this is obviously completely irrelevant to like limit or whatever. Right. But if you're taking yeah. like three plus weeks to clear the tier, which is, pretty much everybody uh, optimizing early tier set acquisition comes down to don't stack it all on one person. So if you know, that's a quick tip. Nice. Nice. Um, but cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, loot tiers are out there. So I level tiers are out there. There'll be four progressions this time around, which is like, one, I guess it's one more, right. Then, uh no we had four this year it's this year started 415 418 421 424 um i do not pay attention though that's yeah <laughs> taros aranog and primal council dropped 415 um what's it senarth uh is it all oh, right senarth that's 421 i have to look at the game yeah i don't remember there's like one boss that drops 421 and then Dethea and Karag drop. No, no, no. Sanath is 418. Karag and Dethea are like 421. And then Razageth and Diurna are 424. Gotcha. I think. It's something like that. Um, okay. The other thing about this, actually, uh, we also got the item levels for the very rare drops, which you could kind of guess the pattern probably if you paid attention to what things drop at in current tier it's pretty much just you know the item level of the thing that you have of like a regular non very rare drop plus six except for the last boss which is plus seven um but you know uh this is the second tier in a row where it's followed the same pattern so i guess now we can actually call the pattern instead of just guessing exactly exactly yeah um so yeah, so tons of interesting, uh, interesting loot to grab, or at least the item level stuff being out there is cool. So um, sounds like, I mean, most people, you should sit right around like the 420 mark. So that's essentially what like mid to end tier normal loot. So heroic should still pose, should, should still have a bunch of upgrades for you, even if you are raiding mythic at this point. So, um, which is, uh, which is good. Um, I guess, I feel like, like it wasn't always the case. I feel like, previous tiers like mythic was the heroic item level um but i might be thinking about a couple years ago now 
uh, versus it's Blossom. It's been a while. Too, so. That's so yeah. like they started doing the stagger the island level thing thing in Nyalotha, and there the last two bosses dropped stuff that was like the halfway point. Yeah, and that's how they did it in Shadowlands. So gotcha. last time, I don't know if it's ever been like since the transition to uh, normal heroic mythic uh, as the like difficulty structure i don't know if it's ever been that heroic items were same eye level as early mythic items yeah maybe not maybe i'm just making up things because i'm old could be but uh yeah could be um all right well moving forward a little bit uh there was raid testing this week um tons of mythic raid testing actually um so we got two bosses on thursday and then two bosses on friday plus raid finder um was live all weekend so um, the first wing away raid finder. Um, so I, as always did zero mythic testing. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you were able to, to get in there on Thursday or Friday. And we'll I also did no red test raid testing this week. Our group just kind of like is petered out. People not really showing up, which is it's two weeks to the new tier. People are not like people will show yeah. up for the new tier. They're not as interested in doing the mythic testing, especially because one of these is a retest. It is a retest of, uh, Shkarn, however you yep. want to say it. It's quite a name. Z-S-K-A-R-N. Uh, uh, Z is always silent. Z is always silent in those names. Oh, uh, so it's Skarner. Yep, Skarnarn. Or Skarnarn. Adding syllables now. But that one's a retest. Um, honestly, more of the same. That's the trap boss. Uh, and it's still really janky. But at the very least, there's like progress um, based on what I saw. Uh, some of the timing overlaps on Mythic are much less impossible. Um, not so many things like getting knocked back as a raid group in the middle of the peak of the like <laughs> area denial that one shots you with 5 million damage. So that was a fun overlap that no longer happens. Yeah. Um, there's still some stuff that needs to be sorted out with that fight, I think. Uh, I saw a few that got the boss to like 50%. There's just like, it puts random traps out, and it's actually this boss and the other one that they tested on Thursday, Magmarax, have a very similar problem, which is that the like one of the fundamentals of the fight is controlling some kind of area denial. Uh, positioning it correctly. And that's kind of like the main thing that you do in the fight is positioning these area denial effects on Magmarax. It is lava puddles on Skarn. It is, um, it is the traps and both of them also have random spawns. And that just completely breaks your ability to like execute a strategy um, uh-huh. with the kind of, penalty that you get from having these random spawns this isn't like it's very long time been a thing that um like on painsmith you had the fire puddles and like 90 percent of them were baited on players and then 10 percent of them were targeted randomly but it was okay it wasn't permanent um sometimes you get a couple that were in bad positions and you would just have to like move around them and it was okay it wasn't like ideal and occasionally very occasionally you could get a really really bad one and it would just kill somebody and that would be a problem these ones are permanent 
until you use one of the fight mechanics to deal with it. And actually one of the mythic changes for Magmarax is that you can't completely remove the area denial effects. So Magmarax, for, for those that, that haven't looked at the fight, is a Lava Hydra. And he puts out fire puddles on people. They go and they drop them. They're actually really big fire puddles, lots of, lots of space taken up by these. But you can go and you can soak them to reduce the size. And on Heroic and Below, you can actually make them go away entirely. Um, if you don't make them go away entirely, they do gradually get larger again, so you actually do want to fully consume them. On Mythic, you can't make them go away entirely. Um, gotcha. Is, it, so, is it just that like, you can soak them down to like, their smallest section? Or, yeah. and okay. then they just they just don't shrink any further. Yeah. Um, but then they will start growing back. Growing, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so it's like a it's like a there is a hardened rage on the boss, uh, and the hardened rage on the boss is uh, shorter if he ever touches a lava puddle, and lava puddles can spawn underneath him. The random nice, nice. And so that's like on prog. That's probably just an instant wipe if that happens. Right, yeah, yeah. So that's that's obviously a problem, but then there's other things that aren't necessarily like instant wipe tier that just make it dramatically harder depending on your RNG. Like if you have a plan for how you're going to move the boss around the room and then the puddle spawns in front of you where you're planning to go, now suddenly you have to do something much harder because the boss also has a huge knockback that he's going to do. You have to move around. You have to manage to knock back while not getting knocked off the platform not having other people knocked back into the fire puzzle this is all kinds of a mess right um, yeah. and similar thing with scarn like you have the random uh random quote unquote they are baited on players but because of the golems you can't really have players hard stack uh people have to move around um you have the random traps and you don't really get enough like you, the first set of them comes before you get golems, and then it kind of like, oh, also there's two random traps on mythic up from one on heroic, which feels like a mistake. Like I think it's intentional, but I think it's a mistake to do that. Um, and it just kind of like, I, I just watched a bunch of people where they would have like a particularly bad random spawn, and everybody would run through, have to run through the traps to get away from the like thing, the area, the fire cones that are going to do five million damage and kill you, and then just kind of like die to having multiple stacks of the dot that the traps put out, and that just kind of sucks. Eh, well, um, you, know, you know, that just kind of sucks, and it's like in the situation where they just didn't have more of the either more of the golem things like when you kill the golems you get a thing to disarm a trap which removes it and so that's how you kind of deal with the area denial they didn't have any more to use or there wasn't enough time in between the traps spawning and having to get out for these big area denial effects and so it's just like eh. those two bosses both feel like they would be significantly less frustrating if they didn't have these random spawns they might yeah. be I don't think Magmarax needs the random spawn at all. Just on a complexity level, I don't think it needs it at all. Like, I don't think it needs it at all. If you need something special for Mythic, like, make it so that one of the puddles that it puts out is just, like, bigger. Like, one player gets a bigger puddle. Easy game. Um, Zgarn, I actually think, might be uh, might be missing something if there were no random traps, but I don't know how to do that. 
I am not an encounter designer. I feel like there would be something missing there if all of the traps were completely deterministic, though. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, any other highlights? I the only thing I know, and I don't, I don't know if it was it was one of the Friday bosses. I think it was Echoes or Echo of Notharian has mm-hmm. a fun line of sight mechanic that all my healer friends love. We love line of sight mechanics. Um, yeah, so, I mean uh, it's yeah. So that's the that's the only thing I know about the the raid testing is that I think it's Echo has a fun line of sight mechanic which. There's like stop there's, it, stop. There's sorry. Eight, the there's so there are two bosses on Friday: Assault of the Zakali, which is the Hellfire Assault boss, which yeah. I I didn't test on Mythic, but it actually seemed fine on Heroic. Um, I actually heard a lot of really positive things about it, which is impressive for a Hellfire Assault boss. Um, so enough, you know, maybe they finally figured it out. Um, it did seem like it seemed fine on heroic, so I'm not surprised. Um, well, not that surprised. Uh, Echo of Neltharian, though, the the highlight from this is if you did this on heroic, um, that it, it would do the class calls, it would call an entire class, it would corrupt them at once, and it was actually bugged on heroic, so you couldn't actually progress past phase two, really. Um, but it was just blatantly obvious from heroic testing how horribly that was going to go. So they removed it. Um, now it just picks random targets to corrupt, which like, you know, there's maybe a little bit of a flavor loss from not having the class call mechanic, but with the way that they tune these bosses, uh, they can't make it just a nice fun mechanic because it's boss number eight out of nine. Yeah. If yeah. this were boss number one, like a... uh you know, Rathian kind of first boss of Nylotha style thing or a Terragrew kind of thing, they could totally include the class calls and just like not worry about them being super balanced and just not make them super punishing. But because it's the the penultimate boss of the raids here, um, they can't. They, with the way that they have constructed Mythic as a difficulty, they are not capable of having it be this like insanely high variance, sometime it just kills you kind of mechanic because it will just kill you <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah there is a there is a line of sight thing in phase three um although i didn't see any phase three testing uh, i might have just been watching the wrong streams uh, i don't think there's any actual like you need to be out of line of sight of this mechanics in the first two phases but i don't remember they changed a bunch on this fight so yeah. it could have changed uh, but there's nothing as far as I as far as I know, it's nothing like Ajara or the Jailer level of like light of sight mechanics. It's more like Algalon where you went down into the uh, at least in phase three, it's more like Algalon where you go into the like alternate r- dimension to escape the Big Bang. Um, and it's like that, like you go into this other dimension and the boss just doesn't kill you and then you come back out. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think the, the annoying part that some people are saying is that, like, there's only certain people that have to do that. And the problem is they will also be low from getting damaged or having some sort of debuff on them. Mm-hmm. So once they jump, they're essentially out of line of sight. so They can't be healed, although okay. they're still in range on your raid frames, which is yeah. the bigger issue. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the only annoying part, I'd say, is, like, the is they need to add, like, line of sight as, like, something you can change your raid frames for and then... 
then it'll probably be fine. But I think that's a healer issue. It's not just specific to us. So, um, well, cool. Well, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, raid is raid testing is winding down. We only have what two more weeks. I don't know if there's any testing at the end of this week. Uh, the there, there's testing there's, next week. Uh, yeah, I think there's... they're testing right up to launch, right? Uh, raid finder right up to launch. Uh, sure. April 28th, which is the week right before 10.1 releases, they are doing the final wing of LFR testing. Yeah. Um, next week, they are doing two more Mythic tests on Friday, at least per the published schedule. They have not announced which bosses, but um, so there is like a chance that it could end up being a Thursday plus Friday test again. Um, but then they're also next weekend, Raid Friday will be open all weekend. Uh, with one of the other wings. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, let's let's move a little bit for forward. Um, Blizzard also posted a bunch of 10.1 like development notes, like they typically do on a weekly basis. A bunch of tuning to classes and some crafted tuning. No tuning to monks that I or sorry, there was one major what? thing to monks, I guess, or not major. Two but. two major things. Two, okay. Um, so I'll go to the Mistweaver one first. Um, yeah. yeah. So Feyline Stomp had its cooldown reduced by 10 seconds, which in the grand scheme of things, not the biggest deal. Um, you are typically resetting Feyline Stomp well before uh, its typical cooldown. Um, what this does, though, is this does sort of alleviate the issue that most people have found when they play Feyline, which is you hit Feyline Stomp and your tank immediately starts running every mob to the opposite side of whatever room you're in or into yeah. the next pack. And that's and, a, like, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so like, that's the, that's the biggest complaint. This just reduces, I guess the time you're spent without it. I would say that, um, you can alleviate that slightly. I mean, casting chi burst at a group of mobs or just at your group typically is an instant reset for Feyline, uh, particularly as a misweaver. So you can always rely on that. Um, but yeah, this is probably the sort of only really sucks if like you literally have hit it and then your tank starts moving immediately. So yeah, there's yeah. like a there's like a player skill thing in general with Feyline Stomp of like knowing what mechanics are coming up and knowing that like, hey, this thing is going to force me to move. Let me not push Feyline Stomp for a couple seconds so that I can move for the mechanic and then I can stay at my Feyline so I can fish for a reset. But yeah. you can't play around your tank just yeeting things across the room. If you're yeah. playing with a pug, they might just do it for no reason, and you can't control that. Exactly. Yeah, you can't stop them. So, um, but yeah, no, yeah. it was a. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, uh, the other change yes. was for Windwalkers for their four set bonus. So oh. I mentioned last week that the four set bonus was buffing all shadow and fire damage, yep. um, which was making certain things like uh, manic grief torch and flaming <laughs> cowl. And uh, the Aeronog Ring and the Onyx Analyt. Just like on and on and on. Very strong. Very good. Um, anyway, they made the uh, effect of the four set bonus a whitelist where it now only buffs the two set, which means Windwalker is back in the dumpster. I mean, it's not like bad bad but it is they were getting a lot of power from being able to get you know manic grief torch at 40 percent increased damage you know that's pretty powerful <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that happens. Um, <laughs> we'll see what else happens over the course of the remainder of testing. Uh, the <laughs> other, I think, probably more significant thing that they changed uh, across everybody, uh, not just among thing. Uh, leech rating now gives twenty five percent less leech. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty significant. <laughs> I, I that's a that's a huge reduction. Yeah. Um, I'd still say like so. I I don't know how tanks and I, I know that tanks and DPS don't like consider leech as amazing as some of your other secondaries, right? Like I think it right. I think it's valued less in that that world. But for healers, like leech is such an amazing stat, primarily because it it procs off everything we do. It's like right. essentially like it's not just damage you do, but any healing you do. And that includes like hot healing and like just general spread healing, all that fun stuff. So like leech is an extremely strong tool to like essentially self-heal yourself and you waste sort of as less a result globals. of healing your group. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you waste less like globals on yourself, less time casting anything on yourself. Everything can be spread to your group, and then you can feel as safe because you have, you know, a fair amount of leech. So um it's funny they the the note on this basically says like they want to avoid marginalizing the importance of the healer role to a group survival and so they're reducing it that way which is funny because i don't know i mean i'm assuming in like certain comps where you're running zero healers or like low healers your teams are running a lot of leech um we saw that i mean on we saw that on bosses where like certain items that provide healing or health are sometimes used to basically remove a healer from the fight so you can do more damage. Yeah. Like Star Augur in Nighthold is like a perfect example of running Pride As. Like I think the group that two healed it ran Pride As uh, yeah. just because of the healing, right? So there are cases where that happens, but like honestly, nerfing Leech is like you're nerfing it, what I would consider generally a healer stat. And like, yeah, so just, I pulled up our, sucks. I pulled up our Razageth logs, right? And, um, I guess I should probably I should probably like filter this to non healers somehow, but I'm not going to right now because yeah. that's too much effort. Um, so our number one, if you break down healing by ability, which is obviously like your like per class spells are going to be lower because we have at least in our most recent Razkill have one of each spec except for Druid where we have two. Um, but our number one overall healing comes from Primordial Stones. So funny. Then it's, that's 9% uh, of total healing done to the group. Um, then there's Rejuvenation. Then there's Wild Growth. And then there's Leech. Leech clocking in at 6%, um, almost all of which is on the four healers. And then a Havoc Demon Hunter that just has a bunch of Leech for free because that's like a Demon Hunter thing. Um. And then the rest of it is just like a bunch of random people just like getting, you know, two health bars, three health bars back over the course of a 10 minute, 12 minute fight. Uh, which is not particularly impressive as far as Leech goes. Like, uh, this is obviously we were not building around Leech. Right. Um, this is not something where we are trying to go, oh, let's let's drop a healer and just everybody equips their match leak match max leech set gosh i can't talk um i don't know this this <sighs> tertiaries are so hard to like stack 
just naturally. It seems kind of weird, especially when, honestly, part of the problem right now is the Onyx Ring and everybody's best combo for DPS involving the Desirous Bloodstone. Like, Desirous Bloodstone was almost 2.5% of all healing done in our Razkill. Um, Spread across, you know, like the... How many people are running it? Uh, Not even half the raid is running it. Uh, And... I... That did more healing than Leech. Right, exactly, exactly. If you exclude healers. If you exclude healers who get a lot more from Leech in our Demon Hunter. Right. Like, yeah, true. The, that's true. Like, the healers aren't running Desirous Bloodstone, so that's like a, a fairly apples-to-apples comparison. Uh, right. We get more healing from, from Desirous Bloodstone. Uh, which, again, like, we're not building around it, but it, it's just like, it, this is deterministic. You can just equip Desirous Bloodstone. So right. I don't know. It seems like maybe maybe the leech thing is a little bit of an overreaction to the fact that we currently have the Onyx Analyte. Yeah, which is probably propping up just self-healing much more than than leeches, yeah. I'd say. So yeah, I mean, well, yeah, it's it, this honestly feels like much more of a like this will impact healers much more than it will yeah. like DPS or tanks in the long run, which sucks, but I mean it just means that we have to spend a little bit more mana over the course of a fight on healing yourself, healing ourselves. Yeah. Or just, I mean, or just other healers healing us, right? Like if you think about it from a raid environment point of view, it's like leech is so good too, because you essentially can remove looking at your healer bars for most part of that, that healer group that you have, because we'll all generally be, be high enough um, just from leech in, in, you know, in general. So, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's interesting that that change. I don't know why. I mean, the the thought process, I guess, is makes sense. They Blizzard definitely has more data than all of us, but yeah, I just in practice, I don't I don't see it that way. So right, like the protection paladin nerf to hand of the protector, I understand because that's like, yeah, obviously very powerful. Leech didn't really strike me as that, and. If they wanted to do something that was just targeted at DPS, they honestly could have just nerfed the healing of Desirous Bloodstone by like half, and nobody would have cared because they're playing it for DPS. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll see what it does. I, I honestly, I don't think, just sort of to wrap this up, I don't think it changes the value. Like, it definitely, well, it definitely changes the value of leech as you go, as you sort of change item levels or go up through item levels, meaning like, I don't know what the new conversion will be, but you'll basically be able to upgrade and drop leech at a, at a lower item level difference threshold than you do today. But leech is still very strong. So like if you get a piece with leech and you have a piece without leech, you will equip the leech piece. Similarly, if you get a piece with avoidance um, and leech, you will equip the leech piece over the avoidance piece, right? If they're, if they're the same. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, for for healers, yeah. For healers, sorry, for specifically healers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that is the, uh, I guess that's the the fun PTR notes for this week. So that's going live in 10.1 in a couple weeks. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, so cool. Yeah. So moving in, I guess, to our main topic, which is just a bunch of Mythic Plus stuff that they've done this week. Um, it's 
it's a, I mean, it's not a ton, but it's, it's a fair amount uh, we can talk through. So um, first up on the new affixes. So we've got three new affixes coming in. So people remember it's entangling. Not that bad of an affix if your name's Anomaly. A terrible, awful affix if your name is, is Emelson. So they nerfed decide. it. They nerfed uh, it. They did nerf it. Uh, you have an Afflicted and then you have incorp- Incorporeal. So Afflicted Incorporeal, not much of a difference. The only big thing, I guess, with Incorporeal is the mobs will despawn when you when um when you finish combat with the pack. So if you're done, yep. if you're out of combat with the pack of mobs, all your Incorporeal mobs that are still alive will despawn. And you can move forward, which is, I think, a good quality of life change. Yeah, the so big that one. Was, or sorry, that was specifically a problem because unlike spiteful, which you can just like turn around and kill. I mean, spiteful honestly also should despawn when you're out of combat with all non-spiteful things like uh, very not fond memories of Azure Vaults and um, uh, what's the the stupid Bastion dungeon anyway of like sitting there waiting at the teleporter for us to finish like we all wa- ran off assuming the spiteful would die and then the spiteful didn't die and we're just afk at the teleporter waiting for it to be dead yeah the problem with incorporeal is you couldn't damage them you just had to wait for the time out so if they spawned right before you finished the pack you just had to wait 20 seconds and there was nothing you could do about it exactly yeah yeah um but so now they despawn which is good um so the big change is to entangling. So um, first, they, they reduce the slope percentage. It's only 30% slow from 50. This is a very big change. Like, it, it's still 30% right, but they almost cut the slow in half. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. And then it came with the new sound and visual animation. The visual animation is actually very, very good, I'd say. Uh, basically puts a ring around your character, and then once you basically cross the threshold of that, perimeter we'll say of the ring uh entangling drops right from you and you you can move freely so um it's very big very noticeable although it is green which is concerning particularly when we think about some of the uh dungeons actually it's really only one bracken bracken hide whatever that bracken one is bracken hide is more brown than anything else Uh, well brown and green they're close if you're colorblind um but yeah that's um, actually really really valid um I made that up, but I don't know if you can be brown, green, colorblind. Um, I mean, you can't, but when you when you are uh, when you can't see green very well, it ends up looking like when you the different forms of colorblindness typically um, have one or more colors that uh, you can't fully see, and it ends up appearing more gray or brownish depending on the intensity and the particular hue. So yeah. that is actually like that is actually valid. I just did some color testing on something recently, and it was like, <laughs> if you if you I, I'm not colorblind, but if you go through the uh, colorblindness like testing things, that they, they will they can filter out the colors that you would not be able to see or not be able like ter- convert them into the colors you would see them as gotcha. uh, with different forms of colorblindness, and that's one of the things that I notice is. Uh, well, red is one that is way more common that you you see red as either a grayish color or a brownish color. So Yeah. But um but I guess other than the color, it um it's definitely a, a good new visual animation um to sort of show how far you have to move to get out of the out of the slow to break it, uh the vines also, or whatever. 
just the fact that there's a big circle around you now makes it easier to tell because um, it spawns directly underneath you. And so what would happen a lot is if you're tanking and all the mobs are also on top of you, you just wouldn't be able to see the thing underneath all of the mobs. Uh, exactly. Similar problems with melee. Ranged would have an easier time, but it was still like very just not great. But now it's much easier to tell. It's a nice, you know, bright green that you can see. Um, I'm interested in seeing what it looks like with the colorblind options now that you brought it up. Um, yeah. But also a sound effect, which is going to be probably the best thing for me because like sound cues are, are great. That's how I, yeah. I rely on sound cues for a lot of things. Um, I will say that when I did my entangling testing, I did one of my keys on a DK and one of my keys on a, or yeah, on, on monk. Um, and on DK, there's a passive, uh, that means you cannot be slowed below 70% movement speed. So if you're not given the speed boost, that basically was just playing with new entangling minus the visual and, and, uh, sound effects. And that slow was not nearly as bad as it was on Monk. Like, Monk, you could feel it. Right, yeah. DK, like, you, you, when you moved, you would notice it, but it was not nearly as bad. And again, that's a, that's what happens when you cut the slow almost in half. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, so it sounds like they're, they're listening to feedback on those debuffs and, or those, sorry, affixes. So, definitely easier to see this time around. And, uh, hopefully a little bit easier to deal with. Um, yeah. I suspect Magma Tusk is still going to be a major problem, but I think this reduces the set of like possible things that just instantly kill you with entangling from by like a lot. Like they cut the slow in half, that's going to make a lot of mechanics easier to handle. Right. Yeah. Um, cool. And I guess the only other thing we did skip just in the new affix changes was Afflicted, uh, they stopped, scaling their health stop scaling sorry uh after keystone level 20 so basically as you get really high up there your afflicted mobs will no longer scale indefinitely they scaling stops at 20 for them so yeah um both of these affixes currently have the old explosive problem of spawning way too many mobs in uh yeah. in pulls that already have a lot of mobs which a gives you nameplate problems and b just means that, like, okay, afflicted, if there's one afflicted, it's not a problem. When there's 10, you just physically do not have the dispels to deal with that because dispels have a cooldown. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's, and it's, like, to some degree, that's, like, a don't pull big kind of solution. But that's not really practically a solution because there are things, like, in Freehold where you just have a bunch of mobs and you could pull them all individually in theory but in practice no you you can't because if you do you will just not make the timer unless you exactly. massively overgear it right right yeah yeah but that's a like both of these could use a solid like no more than two will ever spawn kind of kind of deal tacked on them uh two or three uh just like really really just like kill that problem dead we, we dealt with it enough with explosive yeah no they need the same sort of limit that they had on explosive had. but we'll get there 
We'll get yeah. there. One more, one more little mini thing, and then we'll talk about explosives. So, um, okay. yeah. So one other thing, um, enraging, uh, which or sorry, raging, not enraging, but raging. Yes. Uh, did have a fun new interaction that we saw this week during testing, which was mobs that were raging uh, were uh, not able to be interrupted. Two things. They changed raging, which now cre- now when they rage, instead of doing 50% increased damage, oh, right, they, right, right. they are crowd control immune. Now, that went live. We didn't know, because crowd control immunity can mean a lot of things. They Even yeah. in Mythic Plus affixes, some of them have meant you can't kick them. Some of them haven't meant you can't kick them. Like It's just like arbitrary. So we had to just test it and find out. People tested it. It meant you couldn't kick them, which was a huge problem. Because you would just like, you can imagine from the current season dungeons, like imagine a raging water elemental in Temple of the Jade Serpent. Yeah. Or uh, sorry, uh, water speaker in Temple of the Jade Serpent that's got the title burst cast. And if you can't kick it, it kills you. Like not just you, like kills your group. Um, So that would be a problem. And... uh, it's just a slight problem. Uh, anyway, it took all of like 30 minutes for Blizzard to come out and say, we're changing it so that they can now be interrupted. All the other CCs <laughs> still won't work, but interrupts will work again. Which is good, which is a good change. Yeah. Yeah. So. Honestly, like, so this version of Raging is much, much, much better if you are in a pug and not doing high keys. Because what yeah. it means is you're not going to accidentally rage the entire pack at once and your rando pug tank that you know barely has a shield equipped is going to get one <laughs> shot like that's a yeah. that's a thing that happened like i did a bunch of pugging on my mage uh, saw it happen over and over again we would like have you know people just hit their cds and just cleave everything and then the whole pack hits you know rage threshold we don't have an enraged dispel tank's not ready for it everybody's blowing their cooldown so everybody's doing like piddly damage at the end and so the tank just dies um yeah now it's dangerous but it's actually more dangerous to the whole group for that to happen but again like some mobs it just isn't an issue one um so the most dangerous raging mobs before were the ones that just like nuke your tank uh or had had casts or dots that would go out like the um there's a few different mobs that put out dots on non-tank players that would benefit from raging and so they would get uh, like the the cats in quarter stars like raging cats that dot is oh, yeah. scary um those won't randomly like one shot anymore too which is nice uh you can no longer like grip cancel or stun cancel or para cancel the cat jump when they're raging right but your like plus 16 pug is not doing that anyway yeah i can see like certain packs this will be somewhat of an issue um yeah Particularly ones that like have like I'm thinking I know Quarter Stars is leaving, so I gotta think of new dungeons, but like the impacts in Quarter Stars, yeah. I mean those all enrage at the same time. They yeah. still do a ton of damage. Um so yeah, but I mean this is in general I, I also agree with you. This is probably a better better uh affix in general, um, to be this yeah. way. Plus this only hits at level fourteen, so like you're playing yeah. with somewhat we'll say people who maybe are a little bit above average. Uh, if they're doing a key like that, so. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be harder for high keys 
uh, yeah. because in high keys you can kind of rely on your tank to just not get murdered by raging mm-hmm. um and so you're basically just left with the few mobs that you couldn't cc or kill or just play with an enraged dispel right um uh so like you think of raging cats on a plus 17 fortified right in a random pug those cats are just going to kill people sometimes they'll kill multiple people before they actually die and that's just like a fact of life right now right um you do it in a plus 22 even the plus 22 pug you're probably be playing with an enraged dispel so they probably just know the cat is dangerous as soon as it gets gets the enrage buff it gets dispelled exactly yeah and it's just not an issue right yeah so yeah hopefully i mean yeah i guess i guess in that sort of environment it should be it'd be easier because you don't have those like one or two hits that might kill your tank and now you can still enrage the spell and and uh yeah and uh excuse me and um get the get the uh get the debuff off the mob so you can still stun it maybe but um but yeah so that's the that's the raging change we'll say um i think we both agree solid change um the next change which i also would agree is a solid change is explosive is being retired for season two um (laughs) after many iterations and one interesting i don't know if you saw this but there was one interesting affix yeah no not the comment but there was one interesting affix that was live for about an hour or two uh at the start of the plus testing uh but we'll talk about it so let's get through this but okay yeah yeah so explosive retired being replaced by volcanic um i didn't see the blue pose comment on this um but uh but yeah Uh, there was one yeah it's just like okay so volcanic is storming but for ranged yep like that's storming is volcanic but for melee that's what the those two effects that's just what they are Uh um explosive they tried multiple iterations and didn't find anything that actually like stopped making it a healer affix um yeah. even with the nerfed hp it like kind of still like it it became just a non-affix um so they just like okay you know what volcanic can come back it's very inoffensive people like volcanic is generally regarded as a pretty easy affix it's not particularly annoying or frustrating um right. Like in terms of like storming versus volcanic, volcanic is the better affix. Like just like design wise, it's the better affix. Storming right. sucks. Ag- agreed. Don't agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean, explosive is dead and gone, and yeah. I'm I'm you know, I'm very okay with that. Yeah, yeah. There was a uh, there was for a brief moment. Um, I don't know how this lasted, how long this lasted, but for about an hour or two, there was a new affix. Um, I, they didn't have a name for it, but it was essentially it spawned volcanic like balls, but instead they put shields on the mobs. Oh, that actually uh, went live. It, yeah, it went live for like probably like an hour or two, and then they quickly, you know, pulled it down, and, and volcanic was like the replacement. But yeah, they yeah. they it seemed like they were continuing to test with like trying to make volcanic just not a healer affix, but you mean explosive. Um, or sorry, explosive. Yeah, no, it's not yeah, a healer yeah. FX, but weren't and able like, to to make it work. So I think I suspect what's going on is they know explosive is a problem. They haven't found a solution, and they're running out of time. So the solution for now is put in the a FX that we know is fine, that isn't problematic, and just ship it, and then yeah. they can figure it out for season three. 
Exactly. Yeah. Which I mean, which is to say, I expect to see some explosive variant come back for season three. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think this is sort of the we're seeing the effects of the I wouldn't say accelerated like development, but like we're seeing the effects of them holding true to a schedule. Right. Yeah. Of saying like, hey, we need this patch out this point. We have a very set amount of content we want to release. So it's not perfect, but it's passable. Which, and frankly, the, the affix pool without explosive is better than the affix pool with explosive, no, I um, agree. at least in its current form. So, you know, I'll take it. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, I think it's definitely a volcanic, like you mentioned, less less intrusive, a little bit easier to deal with at the end of the day than than explosive was. But, um, you know, I think that they they combine volcanic with something else and maybe it becomes more difficult to work with, right? Like, so I think so. I one of the things that was interesting about Nylotha as a raid tier is how um, corruption was just this persistent extra mechanic that was present throughout the raid. You just had the corruption effects, the slow, the eyeball, the the thing from beyond. Um, that would spawn that you had to deal with and that layered onto the raid and the raid felt like it was designed with fewer mechanics so that you could push corruption a little bit to be that extra mechanic and play this risk reward thing um and volcanic very much feels like it would fit in that model where like the the encounter just has a little bit less mechanical complexity but you have volcanic in there and now it's fine right and uh, some of these other fixes don't fit that they're too complex you know or um there's inconsistency in the in like the complexity of the encounters which Uh is a problem in mythic plus right you have the like we had the big conversation before about like the complexity of trash and dragonflight dungeons versus like these legion dungeons yeah and so that's the kind of thing where like adding some of these more complicated mechanics into legion dungeons is fine because the trash just isn't as complicated but adding them into dragonfly dungeons is like can be overwhelming because of it being more complicated and so like i'm kind of like pretty happy that just volcanic isn't very complicated it require it forces you to react and it will punish you if you don't even if it doesn't kill you the like knocking you in the air is pretty pretty bad for your health in general bad for your damage for sure um so it's uh like i i honestly i would be i think it would be better if more affixes were like volcanic tier that's fair yeah i just um yeah i uh i don't like I get, yeah, I get that. That kind of is like the nice way of putting like affixes are sort of something on top of the du- the existing dungeon and, right. and the current the current way the trash like the current way the dungeons work is they are generally more complex. So like adding additional complexity on top of already complex trash or just like you know that type of difficulty just seems like crazy. But yeah, maybe that's maybe that's where I'm hard stuck is I don't I don't push mythic plus right. So like for me. Right. Like early season is like getting my 15s done, getting at least like base. I know it's not base item level loot anymore, but it's like good enough to get us into mythic, right? Where I'll replace pieces right. with mythic grade stuff. And um, and for me, like the affixes never become super, like never become super annoying like that. We'll say or like become sort of like 
a mechanic on top of an already difficult pull. Um, yeah. So it's, I'm probably out of touch there. Because, like, to me, like, volcanic or, you know, explosive. Well, explosive is annoying, right? Like, yeah. you just deal with it and you move through the dungeon, right? But, like, I think as you get to your point, like, the problem is as you get higher in the 20s, you know, in the 20 range, like, explosive was, like, has as much health as a mom in a pack. So now you're literally never going to catch up and push through that. Yeah. Path. And like, I think explosive as it is currently on live right now is only a problem in as much as the UI just can't handle it. Yeah, like the nameplate stuff yeah. just can't handle it. Yeah. Um, like other than that, I think it's, I mean, obviously it's a healer to fix right now. Right. But it's, yeah. it's not that complicated. It's just the UI issues. But then, like, the complicated ones are things like Afflicted right now um, is much more like, okay, you, you not only have this thing, you have to find it, you have to either heal it a pretty significant amount, or you have to dispel it. You have to be balancing your dispels with the dispels that are required for the group. Like, you could imagine Balakar Khan that has the required dispel on the tank that if you don't do it, he dies. Right. Um, and then an Afflicted spawns. And if you just autopilot dispel the afflicted and you go, oh, no, the tank's <laughs> going to die now. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's like not a thing that you have to think about. Like there's no real thought process with explosive beyond like, oh, there's an explosive up. It needs to die. Right, right, right. There's not there's not too much of a trade off there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess like volcanic is like. Or explosive, I think, is not much more complex than volcanic. It's just that volcanic doesn't have any UI issues at all. Right. It's like, can you stare at your feet, move, yeah. or not? Which, yeah. Yeah, if you're in my 15 to leave your keys, <laughs> most people can't stare at their feet and move. Uh, they have difficulty, like, casting spells and moving, so. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I have been punished for trying to finish a hard cast pyro before volcanic goes off a few times. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, being, you know, 3.4 seconds into a 3.5 second long cast and then getting knocked in the air, uh, losing your Sun King's blessing, and <laughs> uh, then you cry because you're not doing anything else with your life. Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, that is rough. So um... there are a couple of other changes uh, that go in here. We got a slate of like, health pools on things no longer scaling past keystone level 20 for a fix uh mechanic so afflicted health like we mentioned you can heal them that no longer scales past 20 so it won't become like completely unhealable in higher keys um which means at least like you probably are going to be dispelling them in high keys anyway but it, it at least means that you don't only have the option to dispel them right right um spiteful the health and damage don't scale past 20 that is actually a problem uh, because like on a 20 spiteful on plate does like 60% of your DPS's health with a hit 60 to 70%. So it's a lot, but if you then go up to a 23, it just kills you instantly. Right. And it's a lower threshold for like cloth, like cloth is like a 22. It just instantly kills you if you ever get hit. Um, so that's going to like even out that level of, uh, maybe it's a little bit higher than hour. I'm like ballparking numbers, but there is a point that is reachable right now that these spiteful shades will just one shot you if they touch you. And so by capping them, that no longer happens. Uh, they also nerfed their melee damage by 10% on spiteful. Uh -huh. 
which is not unwelcome. Uh, it is currently spiteful week, so if you want to uh, really remember how frustrating spiteful can be, um, go play some keys. Nice. It's not that nice. Bad, but it, it is. It is like no good. Like sitting there trying. Like you killed all the trash, and you're like, okay, time to go to the next pack. Let's mount up. Oh wait, we can't. Let's turn around and kill some spiteful. Yeah, I God, yeah. Um, and then bolstering. Uh, this is uh one of the best effects changes. Like besides, I think the raging change is probably the best one. But right. bolstering no longer increases the health of bolstered creatures. Uh, it was increasing both health and damage. Now it only increases their damage. Uh, the problem that you would run into is if you were the old, old version of bolstering, where it was permanent until you reset, um, you would end up with a mob that was at like 10% health, <laughs> but that 10% would be more health than it initially had, sometimes by a lot. And so that pretty frequently caused problems. So at some point during Shadowlands, they switched it to the current version where it is, um, it, it's a stacking buff still, but it's temporary and it'll expire. So at the very least, like it may have a, like literally a billion health, but you can go like run around for twenty seconds, the stacks will fall off, and you can kill it. Right, right, right. Um, now you can just kill it. You might still have to run around because it's got. It, too many bolstering stacks and they'll kill your tank but it's no longer functioning like extra health percent like this on mobs is basically like giving them damage reduction yeah and if you layer on like a 50 percent health increase that's like giving the mob a 30 percent damage reduction and if it's more than that if you give above 10 stacks now they're at 50 percent damage reduction right 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 and it gets worse from there so um that's like a pretty good change it's one of those things too where if you're smart you can play around it you can pull around it you can not like that's a big thing in hierarchies is knowing what the levels of mob hp are so you pull something together that everything has the same level of hp and you just cleave them all down and they all die at the same time or if one gets omega bolstered it gets omega bolstered with 50k health right 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 and it's fine um Whereas in like low pug keys, you just like YOLO pull stuff. And one mob is like three times the health of everything else and then gets 10 stacks of bolstering on top of it. Yeah. And then, yeah, then you're just sitting there for 20 minutes, like slowly yeah. whittling that thing down. It's just yeah. oh, awful. Yeah. Awful. Um, yeah. So it's, that's the, the bolstering thing, which is, I, which I think is nice. And then Sanguine, I think it was the final update. Uh, Sanguine got a change, which was, the puddles now only last twelve oh, seconds instead of uh, instead of twenty, which is absolutely massive. Just just awesome. Just awesome. Again, almost cutting the duration in half. I wonder what motivated this. Like we don't have any like Waycrest yeah. Manor style dungeons right now where yeah. Sanguine is like a huge huge problem. Like Sanguine was a one minute duration in BFA. The Waycrest Manor happened. And he got they, nerfed they to 20 back. seconds. Yeah. Like, I, I guess Neltharis is a little bit of a problem with Sanguine. Like the corridors are not that narrow, but you're doing a lot of like pulling the right side of a corridor and avoiding right. the left side. So if you 
have sanguine in the right that like forces you into the left and then you take a ton of extra time so maybe it's that one maybe it's vortex pinnacle but the platforms on vortex pinnacle are like pretty spacious i am just not sure like what prompted the change other than that like i don't know the the biggest frustration that i have with sanguine and maybe i'm like uh like you somewhat uniquely positions as a tank that does like not high high keys but uh i do okay yeah and the most frustrating thing is when you have a mob that like you have two mobs are stacked and you're moving so the it's moving and it gets out of the sanguine as soon as the other one dies and then it just gets like 90 percent of the way out and it plants and does a long cast right yeah and that's the most frustrating thing where it just like plants and regains all its health exactly yeah that is the that is the absolute worst and the duration change here doesn't change that. <laughs> so um, I'm not exactly sure yes. what prompted this change, but I guess I'm not going to like look uh, look too unkindly on it. It's a, <laughs> it's a sanguine nerf. Hooray. Yay. Sanguine nerfs. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Yeah. So, yeah. Honestly, like despite the whole mess of the new affixes being kind of kind of not great um, right i am really glad that they are actually doing some pretty major looking at the mythic plus affixes it is long overdue yeah no i think i think they're realizing that is that like the yeah like the original the original affixes were for like a point in time and like they've changed classes they've changed dungeon design since then yeah that's so like they they just need to go back and like figure out uh, what yeah what they're doing and I think a lot of this like stuff that they're doing now with these affixes was time that had been taken up by seasonal affixes. Like there's only so much time they right. got for each patch. Seasonal affixes take time. Like it's not just assets time or coding time or whatever. It's design time to figure out what the fundamental design of this is. Then that design time can be spent on looking at existing affixes and saying, okay, there are frustrations that people have with these. What can we do to make them less frustrating to, to play better? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm not looking forward to um, some of these new affixes still. Entangling is much less bad. Uh, hope that they cap spawns of incorporeal and afflicted. Honestly, half just for UI reasons. <laughs> but yeah, uh, on the whole, like, this is a good direction. This is still a good direction. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, just across the board on all their changes to Mythic Plus. I mean, it might, I don't think this is going to materially make me jump back in and doing it beyond just the first couple of weeks. And yeah. well, really until I get KSM and then I'll, I'll pretty much sort of quit Mythic Plus. But um, <laughs> but no, I think in general, these are hopefully good changes because you're now contending with older affixes plus the dungeons changing every time you go in or every every season, right? So there's, there's yeah. a new set of dungeons that show up. So there's a lot of change season to season. So I think making the affixes like less of the focal point and more the difference being the new dungeons, I think is a, is a good point that they're trying to yeah. do. So. so yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good. Yeah. But um, I think that that is going to be it for the show today. Uh, awesome. If you are catching this live, yes, it is seven hours late. 
uh, we had real life. Uh, but it should be up tomorrow at the regular time on the audio version and on the YouTubes. Uh, but if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the other work that we do over at the Pika Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place to annoy Anomaly about forum drama. Oh, man. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say on the subject. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.